One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, I'm glad that's over. I'm very, very glad. That's over and done with. Um, what a horrible, horrible game of football. Horrible. What what at first promised, or at least, you know, said that it might be a nice afternoon for Spurs. Those opening stages, a lot of positive play. A lot of beautiful attacking moves. Passages of play, passing... Bobbing, weaving, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. We made a lot of good opportunities. And uh, I was thinking, yeah, I, I predicted before the game, I was saying this is going to be about a 4 0 for Spurs. Not being arrogant. All due respect to Luton and everything like that. But just I think Spurs are that good at the moment. And Luton are, you know, they're a championship side, let's be honest. Um, but the game didn't go that way, did it? Didn't go that way. Um, profligate with a lot of our early opportunities. Found it hard to get that real kind of killer ball um, as often as as we would have liked. You know, we didn't create many premium opportunities for Sonny. And then after Basuma's, you know, second yellow. We were, you know, we were always going to struggle. Um, yeah, I mean, that, the, honestly, with about 15 minutes to go, I was just pleading, desperate for that game to be over and done with. Like, desperate for it to be done. It was so uncomfortable. It was so horrible to watch. And Luton did make, they made a couple of good opportunities for themselves. They did have a couple of good chances. Um, they definitely didn't, you know... M- capitalize on those um i mean no <laughs> quite obviously they didn't because here we are one nil and i am happy about this i don't mean to sound i, I kind of i worry like i feel like i'm not that happy about it i am i am i'm not taking that for granted at all not at all that's another three points of spurs top of the table like Ange says you know we don't need to start getting excited about being top of the table in October it's more just our form continuing as with all due respect blah 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 as everyone you know as you have to say everyone's very sensitive aren't they nowadays about their football teams nowadays you can't say nothing um (laughs) that we're winning the games that we should be winning right and that that's what you want to see from Spurs like the, the the Liverpool game last week was like a, a lovely bonus, right? Not losing at the Emirates. Whatever you can call it, small mentality. I'm talking about from where we were to where we are now as a market progression. We're still in that place of like, we're not going to go to the Emirates and expect to win, are we? Like, we're going to go to the Emirates and hope not to lose. We're going to play Liverpool. I mean, given our recent history of them and hope not to lose. So the fact we come out of those two fixtures with four points is great. Going to Luton... Again, like I say, with all due respect, I'm expecting to win that one. We are, you know, if we're, if we're not even not even take any of this with any expectation of winning the league or anything. N- none of that. N- not even that. Just talking about Spurs, really doing what they should be doing. A club of our stature, a club that spent the amount of money that we've spent, a club that has you know a stadium like we do. We're not entitled to this stuff, but. You have to create a level of expectation, right? You have to. If you want to win stuff. We've seen that. We've seen that with other clubs. And winning games like today is good. It's a good test. You know, it is a good test. It's it's very uncomfortable. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't want to go for a game without Yves Basuma or half a game at least without Yves Basuma. And it will be a game now subsequently. And also, interestingly, Paul O'Keefe pointed out on Twitter that his yellow cards still count. So because it went to a red... He gets a ban separately for the red card and then he stays at four yellow cards. So 
there may be another suspension coming in his in his not so distant future. Um, but I don't want to play half a game without Yves Basuma, especially a game like that. Like we're saying in the previews and stuff that all the the eyes of the nation are on us with a twelve thirty kickoff on the Saturday. It's a novelty fixture, for want of a better word. You know, everybody gets wrapped up in loot and st- when I say novelty. Again, I do say with all due respect, and I, I know it's calling it a novelty fixture isn't very respectful, but it, like my point to that is it's not calling Luton so much on my feelings on them being a novelty. It's the fact that everybody's like, oh, look at Kenilworth Road. Oh, they've come up however many divisions and however many years, and they've spent 50p to get here. And do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about, the novelty. There is this, there's this, you know, mythology around the club um that you know as was being pointed out on on twitter as well like come on you know have a <laughs> they're a premier league club at the end of the day talk about all this plucky and this and that and whatever you know like they're a premier league club and let's just stop going on about this like it's a an fa cup kind of quarter final or something like that um but with all of that in mind, with everything, with all of the eyes of this upon us, with Spurs being firmly in the spotlight, not only because it's a 12.30, but also because this is the game following that Liverpool match. We've had all the VAR controversy during the week. The fact that we've gone down to 10 men and been in a pretty hostile environment. Again, I think TNT Sports, BT Sports, whatever you want to call them, were kind of begging that a bit. They were making out like, you know... Like Luton's ground was like one of these South American grounds or something like that. You know, it was whatever. It was a it was an old-fashioned box ground and people were a bit, you know, you're only there to watch the Tottenham. There. But they were excited to see their club play against Spurs. I think um, probably hoping to be uh, that we would be the big club. I, I can imagine, right, if you're a club the size of Luton, let's be honest, let's, like, we can be less sensitive about this stuff as Spurs fans. If you're a club the size of Luton and you're yet to win at home, you would be thinking, based on like previous what Spurs are, ah, this this will be the this will be the this will be the big game. Spurs will be Spurs will be good for us to get our win because you know what they're like, bottle ham and all that type of stuff. And I think you would like if you were a supporter of a of a club like Luton, you would be thinking today, this is the one we can get. I reckon this or maybe United, maybe Chelsea. You know, like we're not as wobbly as either of those two this season, but I'm talking about historically speaking. And I think there is going to be a lot of catching up, like the collective consciousness as to what Tottenham are right now. Um, There was even some outright denial of it during the game itself. Jermaine Genus kept on going on about Spurs being lucky to this point. Um, That, yeah, well, you know, they've, they've, They've done well, you know, they're looking positive under Ange Postacoglu, but you could say they got, you know, a late goal against Sheffield United, the late goal against them. I'm thinking, like, this isn't like... And the, the funny thing is, ironically enough, as he's going on about Tottenham being lucky, we're down to 10 men. It's our third successive corner in a row, and we play that nice, you know, there's that nice little interplay between Kulisevsky and Madison. Madison cuts inside, swings it, well, doesn't swing it, but threads it through to Van de Ven, who... Finishes it exquisitely. Um, is is that luck? Because that's what we've been doing all season. Um, and I think I can imagine maybe with Genus, as you sometimes see with Gary Neville and whatever, when people are kind of pigeonholed as being like, oh, Genus is Tottenham, so he's going to be biased. I think sometimes they will overcompensate to go against like what Spurs are doing, but look, this isn't a, this isn't an attack on Jermaine Genus in isolation. This is just talking about, and it's not an attack on anybody. This is this is my feeling that a lot of people, and that includes Spurs fans. A lot of Spurs fans going into this game, you're not Tottenham if you don't realise that we're going to lose this one. I don't. I just don't think we're that team anymore. I don't think we're that team, and. It's uncomfortable because this has come in such a short space of time, right? Ange Postacoglu has turned this around so quickly. Like, bizarrely quickly, right? Bizarrely so. And so I think we all do need to catch up with the idea that Spurs play like a... 
we do play like a proper outfit. That the way we managed that game was sensational. I mean, Romero and Van de Ven at the back are just absolutely mustard. The pair of them, like on an individual basis, they're absolutely mustard, and as a partnership, they're unbelievable. They were rock solid today, and I think okay, Luton got a couple of little chances. Right, they got a couple of chances. Fair enough. But that's going to happen in a game of football, isn't it? That's going to happen. Um, <sighs> you know, you can't you can't be digging out your own team just because you've conceded a couple of chances. And I don't think that undermines any idea that those two are forming a very solid partnership at the back. Because they are. They're absolutely unbelievable. Um, and this is normally the place where I would say, and having Eve Basuma in front of them, Absolutely allows him to do that. But Ibe Sumo, you know, didn't shower himself in glory today. Um, it was a bit silly, but I mean, for me, the geezer's got so much credit in the bank right now, right? I'll I'll let him off that. Silly. It was silly, right? We all know it was. He'll know it was. Let's move on from it. Like, the guy's been unbelievable this season for us so far. So, you know... He's allowed to. He's allowed to mess up every now and again. I feel anyway. Um, let's just hope he's gotten that out of his system now. But today, uh, I, I mean, the second half in particular, Pape Matassar was he was unbelievable, and just having a proper functioning midfield, as well as actually just on an individual basis having good defenders, just makes Spurs so much more solid. It makes Spurs so much more solid. Um, you know, if I was more of a tactical, I mean, people, you know, I'm sure plenty of you know you don't watch me or listen to me for an in-depth tactical analysis, right? I feel like I I have as much knowledge on that as everybody else, really, that type of thing. Um, and I couldn't tell you exactly why Spurs are, other than the fact we've got new personnel, why Spurs are so much more solid defensively this season. You know, that was always the worry going into this year. It was always the worry that with Ange Postacoglu's system, we were going to concede a lot of opportunities and hopefully score score more than the opposition score against us. It was kind of billed as that. But not only are we this really smart, really exciting attacking team, we're defensively brilliant. Like we are, we're so solid. We're so solid. Um, I was thinking about this, like even the North London derby away at the Emirates, they didn't really bother us that much, you know? There's no goal and a penalty. And this is Arsenal, apparently one of the best attacking teams in, in Europe, maybe, one might say. But they didn't really bother us that much. Liverpool... One of these things, I was saying it in the preview, and one of the things I want to revisit, preview available on Patreon, patreon.com slash rtrpod. Um, one of the things I was saying about this is, I've hated this week how the narrative has kind of snuck into, okay, poor Liverpool, understandably, they have every right to be frustrated about the VAR decision, blah, blah, blah. But then how the narrative kind of got turned into, and you know, Liverpool at that point were all over Spurs. They were dominating them. They were destroying. No, they weren't. No, they weren't at all. They had a, a perfectly legitimate goal rolled out in after about 20 minutes, right? But if people talk like it was a 96th minute winner that got ruled out. And people talk about like Liverpool was strolling to victory at that point. They weren't at all. We dealt with them pretty comfortably during that game. For the majority of the match. And I think that's a kind of a, a recurring theme with Spurs at the moment. I mean, Christ forbid if we get an injury to either of those two, to either of the big lads, to Romero or Van de Ven. I don't I don't really want to live in a world where that happens this season. Um so let's just not manifest that, because that's how it works, right? Um but Spurs are brilliantly defensively. Spurs are brilliantly. Spurs are brilliant defensively. And I think today proved that. Ten men, most of the game, hostile atmosphere. 
TNT Sports seemingly trying to suck the ball into the goal for Luton, trying to will it in. Um, and Fletch, you know, Fletch, he reuses so many of his commentary lines now. He said, uh, he said exactly the same thing for Luton today as he said about Spurs in that Champions League semi-final against Ajax. He said, well, you've got to wonder with things like that happening, if this is going to be Luton's day. And he said that, I, I, he, he said that the, like word for word, Tottenham's day, obviously not Luton's day. So not exactly word for word, but you know what I'm getting at, you pedantic so-and-sos. Um, we could, he, he said that, I think, when, was it Ziyech hit the post? Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about Fletch. It doesn't matter about TNT. Um, I've got to say, who, who, what was their, who was their player? Let me find out now. There's a player. There's the lad that said he's an Arsenal fan, right, before the game today. Really bizarre energy. And I've been told, you know, oh, it was just a bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. Um, Panzu saying, facing Tottenham today. I'm Arsenal through and through, so a Tottenham result would hurt me. Have that, lad. Um, I need to crunch James Madison early. I'm going to try and get as close as possible to Ibusuma and Papa Matasar. Crunch Madison early. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Bit of a weird thing to say. Um, don't know. You know, whatever. It, it happens. People are. People say stuff. Um, and, you know, that's what it is. We beat them. We did them. They wanted they wanted Luton to win. TNT obviously wanted Luton to win. But they didn't. They didn't. And here we are. Another three points. Spurs winning the games that they should. They ought. Let's say should we ought to be winning. Is there a difference between ought and should? Is ought just a, an archaic British way of saying should. I think it maybe is, right? But Spurs should be beating. Come on, let's be honest. All this respect where it's due. Come on, grow up. You know Spurs should be beating Luton, right? We've done that. Another three points. Top of the table for now. It's good. It's good. Squad depth is worrying. Or lack thereof, right? We can worry about that, but we don't have Europe this year. It's just good. It's just good to keep winning. The only, do you know the RT, the only problem, the only problem with Spurs continuing to win, right? The only problem. And I know this is whatever, you know, it could be, it could be, uh, it could be worse, right? But the only problem for me with Spurs continuing to win is that with every single win and then with every game that subsequently comes, I have less and less of that feeling that I had at the start of the season where I'm like, I just want to enjoy Tottenham. I don't really care about the results. Of course, I sort of care about the results, but I'm not expecting anything. I just am glad I've got my Tottenham back, that we're not playing Conte ball anymore. Blah, 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 blah. All the stuff I was saying four or five weeks ago. Now, I'm back in that place. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Just being brutally honest. I'm back in that place where I'm like, damn, I don't want to lose today. I really want to win. I really hope <laughs> the teams around us don't do what I mean. It's funny as weeks we got Arsenal against City, um, which, you know, I, I know people can say, oh, well, a draw's a good result. I, I just want to see Arsenal get done. Like, come on, City, just, be, just beat Arsenal. I don't care. At, at this point in the season... Being top of the table, it doesn't matter. Let's just not have that pressure on us. Let City thump Arsenal so they are not unbeaten anymore. Tottenham Hotspur, the only unbeaten side in the Premier League, going into the international break. Manchester City, back top of the table where they should be. Less pressure on Spurs. We can continue to go under this radar, under this radar that so far thinks still... Still, despite all of the evidence presented before their very eyes, they still think that Spurs are somehow lucky to be in this position. Lucky. Lucky. Not a chance. Not a chicken's chance. Um, should we do the players? Yeah, let's do the players. 
Let's do the pliers. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, Vicario. I mean, he's made that, he's made that one save, the one-handed save. I think, do you know what? The, the, the thing about Vicario is, the thing that I just is amazing about him is, is that, we're seeing a keeper now. I've, you know, I was speaking last week about it's nice having a massive keeper. It's a keeper that can claim the ball in the air a bit more confidently than Lloris ever could. More imposing frame within the goal. But he can still get down quick. He's still got the agility of somebody like Lloris. Maybe not quite the agility of Lloris, but not far off. I mean, I'm talking because Lloris was cat-like at his very best. Lloris was almost freakish, unlike any maybe a goalkeeper I've ever seen for how he could jump around the goal. It was it was quite mad. Um, so it's no disservice to Vicario whatsoever when I say that maybe he's not quite as agile as Lloris. But for a massive guy, he's very, very agile. He claims balls in the air nicely, very well. He's very composed. He plays out from the back very nicely. So he's got those like the trappings of a modern goalkeeper. One of the big differences, to my point, between him and Hugo Lloris is that we now have a goalkeeper that is making saves that Lloris didn't used to. Saves at his near... How many times did Lloris used to get beaten at his near post? So often. Or if it wasn't at the near, if it wasn't like the goal actually going in on the near post, it was somebody running towards his near post and managing to hit it beyond him to the far post from a tight angle. We saw this happen so often with Lloris. So often. Now Vicario is, <laughs> I mean, a clean sheet again today. He's like a brick wall at times. He's he's a mad signing. He's been unbelievable, absolutely mad signing. He's, you know, I mean, we heard all the stuff about him. People saying, oh, you know, he's he's the best goalkeeper in Serie A. A lot of Italians calling for him to start over Donnarumma. And I, you hear this about new signings, don't you? You know, I remember when Goran Bunjevic was called the new was called like, you know, the Yugoslavian, it was at the time Yugoslavia, I believe, when we signed him. Um, probably wasn't, I'm sorry, <laughs> if I've said something very offensive there. Um, but he uh, he was called like the, the Franz Beckenbauer, right? And he was not, he was definitely not that. Um, but... Vicario is unbelievable. He's he's a he's a sensational goalkeeper, fantastic, wonderful performance today. Um, what an amazing piece of business! What an amazing piece of business! Can't really remember. I'm I, from off the top of my head. He was around the thirty mil mark, right? I think around thirty mil, and unbelievable, amazing goalkeeper. Um, Pedro Porro. With every week, Pedro Porro just gets better and better and better for me. Better and better and better. He is somebody that, you know, I've been told I dig out too much in the past. And I'm not changing my opinion based on that. I'm just changing my opinion based on the fact that he just seems to be improving constantly. With every single game, he gets better. He looks better suited to this system. It's almost, again, I say, like coaching works. It's almost like having a manager that puts faith in ability in the abilities of their players to 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 do what they do best works um because he was I thought he was fantastic today Pedro Porro um 
really good performance. Didn't stop running um, until, you know, until uh, he, you know, until he did start to tire a bit towards the end of the game, right? I, you know, that, that was kind of the, the point I was making. Um, so he, uh, he's great. He's fantastic. Um, Christian Romero, I was sort of talking about it at the top. I mean, just what a turnaround. What a turnaround this year. Young player, very young defender. So, and I think that's always been the caveat, even when we've been digging him out in the past. The caveat has always been he's young, he can learn. Another big caveat should be the fact that he said he really didn't like Antonio Conte. I mean, not so many, you know, not so few words, but let's be honest, let's be real. Um, but the sort of the petty yellow cards, the temper tantrums, all of it, it's gone. And whether it's the vice captaincy, whether it's a change of management style, whether it's just growing up as a man, as a person, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's stark, isn't it? It's stark, the difference between Romero this year and Romero last year. And yeah, I think we also have to say having a, a double-hard, solid, amazing centre-back partner as well probably helps quite a lot. Um, because Romero was just... I honestly think he was impeccable today. I think it was a 10 out of 10 performance. He was unbelievable. Um, an amazing player. Again, just a bargain. An amazing piece of business. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week about the about Paratici's legacy, even though he's still working with Spurs in a kind of shady backroom role. I mean, I shouldn't say shady. I should be careful with that. Apologies. I just mean that he's he's sitting in a back room somewhere, acts a, acting as a consultant, I believe, isn't it? Because of this ban he's got. Um, so he's still very much at the club. And just some of these deals that you know, we're seeing it now... Vicario, Romero, Doggy. I don't know. It was Basuma one of his, maybe? Um, they're starting to look all right now, aren't they? Uh, Mickey van der Ven. Just what a player. He was given man of the match today. For me, it could have been him or Romero, probably. I think the fact he got a goal um, and some of those surging runs. Because this is the thing about both van der Ven and Romero. They're both fantastic defenders, but they're just such good footballers. The technical ability on both of them, those driving runs that they both go on, are they're amazing. They're amazing. The, the way Van der Ven just knows, when he can see the space open up in front of him, and he knows that he can put pressure on the opposition from, from his starting position as a defender, is, is such an asset to the team. And he's... Yeah, he's a seriously special player. Like, I have no idea how good Tapsoba must be if... Because the, the overwhelming opinion was that Tapsoba is miles better than van der Ven. And things change, you know, it depends what type of environment players move into. Players are inspired in different ways by different managers, different coaching systems, different environments. We all are. We all just have a feeling about a place, right? So there's not... It's, my point is, it's not to say that Tapsoba would have come here and been instantly better maybe just where they were respectively previously taps over still there um just suited him better but what we're seeing with van der ven at tottenham at least and that's all that really matters to us right is a composed beyond his years technically brilliant quick strong defender who is honestly unlike i think anything i've ever seen in the premier league just in terms of his, his size, his agility, his, I guess he's just his plethora of skills. He's a wonderful player and it's going to be very exciting to see him, hopefully, touch wood, as you'd imagine, continue to improve as he gets older. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's a really, really special talent. He was given man in the match today on TNT and... Yeah, you, I don't think you'd disagree with that, would you? I mean, brilliant, wonderful player. Destiny Doggy, uh, another. I mean, again, for me, another 
quietly brilliant match for him. He's just, I think he's just such a sensational footballer. It's so normalised for him to be as good as he is and to be 20 years old. You, you almost don't worry about it. You don't worry about him. You don't worry about him in pretty much any situation, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, offensively or defensively. We've seen him handle Saka. We've seen him handle Salah. <laughs> I mean, this guy's 20 years old. He's 20 years old. He's, he's a sensation. And people aren't really going on about him as much at the moment because I think it's just become normalised just how good he is. And that's what happens. That's just human nature. We don't need to like beat ourselves up about that. People are always quick to have these big takes like, oh, people are so quick to forget. People are so... Yeah, we all do that. It's just what happens. Things become normalised. There's a reason why we have the word normalised, right? And yes, we can all push ourselves to appreciate things as best we can every single day, you know, but... Life doesn't always work that way, does it? So I get it. I get why, you know, people aren't waxing lyrical about Destiny of Doggy. I'm just surprised by how... And again, happy for Spurs to continue to go under the radar. But I'm just surprised how little focus has been on him from people outside of Spurs. I see barely any other opposition fans talk about how good he is. It's, it's, it's mad to me. Um, I guess it's taken a lot of time for people to even be talking about how good a Stupian is at... Brighton and they've been raving about him for ages so might be just one of these things that you know takes a bit of time to catch up you forget when you're kind of like embedded in your club that other people aren't really as kind of focused on all the you know the, the nuances of it and people saying oh Tottenham have got this 20 year old amazing left back probably isn't high on everybody else's agendas you know I think there's players like Son and Madison and stuff that take most of the plaudits from the neutrals and the outsiders right and it's only, I guess, probably when people start to pay more and more attention to Spurs in big games towards the tail end of the season, if we're still in the conversation there, that's when, I, I suppose, that's the time when you need players like a doggy to really, really shine. And that's when the neutrals, the people outside of Spurs, will continue to uh, rate him. I mean, not continue to rate him, to begin to rate him. Pape Matasar, um, I do stream these live on YouTube now and I've had a comment from somebody called Ash who says, hello, Sar is overrated. And I, I, I don't really agree with you at all, Ash, at all. Um, I mean, again, we're talking about uh, a very young player who has, you know, come into this side. He, he came into this side in a, in a baptism of fire in the Champions League, away at AC Milan, and was composed, was brilliant, um, looked like he belonged there. And I don't think he's really looked back in every opportunity he's had. And yeah, okay, right. I think in the first half, he wasn't he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But when Basuma went off, I think he stepped up. I think the second half, he was, I think he was absolutely brilliant. Um I think he's, again, I think he's got a level of composure that you can't teach. You know, people go on about the sort of the, the gammon. You can't teach that, mate. You can't teach that. But there is, a, there is some truth to that, I think. And I think there's, I think Saar backs himself. There is a level of composure there. And he, as, um, <laughs> as Jews Nuts says on... Uh, YouTube, Saar had a mixed game, quite a few straight passes. He did, I think in the first half he did, but the second half, like I say, when the pressure was on, he stepped up. Basuma off the pitch, he stepped up. He was brilliant. I thought he was composed and especially to, toward the very end, there was that one little uh, chance he created for Veliz, who happened to be offside. When he kind of like was juggling the ball over the heads of the Luton players and carried on driving into the opposition half and then threaded a nice ball through. And that's that's the kind of that's what I want to focus on with Saar. He's a twenty-one-year-old player, right? There's there's a lot of room to grow into, but what he's already doing at this age, playing in that position in the pitch, is brilliant. Look, let's let's not lose sight of the fact this kid has started every single. I'm pretty sure he started every single game this season, right? In the Premier League, we're first in the Premier League right now. You know, is it is it worth us kind of? like dialing down really into drilling down into these players especially the 21 year old who for my money is doing an exceptional job for the most part 
He's not perfect, but he's 21. He's 21 years old. Um, you know, I think Saar is... I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's got a very exciting future ahead of him. You cannot be looking at him now and criticising him, expecting him to be the finished product yet. You know, that's, that's just not how it's going to work. But what we have already from him, I think, is brilliant. I think he's a brilliant player. And I think his... Like I say, the, the positives that he... He, he has on the Tottenham team are, are far outweigh any of the negatives. I do. Top of the table. We're top of the table, right? We're unbeaten in the Premier League so far. We've had some tough games. Eve Basuma. Um, one to forget for him, wasn't it? Silly, silly decision. Silly. I mean, if you are going to dive, lad, come on. Like, that was abysmal. It was an, it was an awful dive. Anyway, didn't really need to do it. Silly way to get a red card. But hopefully he'll have learned from that as he learned from the start of this season, showing up to training late for what Ange's first training session and Ange told him not to. He learned from that and he's been one of our best players. If not, dare I say it, our best player so far this season. Um I was annoyed with him, but like I say, I think he's got plenty of credit in the bank. I think, yeah, the guy's unbelievable. He'll he'll learn from that and could have let us down. But look, this it's it's not what I'm saying at the time, so I'm not revising history when I say this. But in retrospect, us coming away with, from that with a one 0 win, we can look back on that and say that's a good test for the team, and they came through that. They're starting to show people that. And show themselves. I don't care about showing other people stuff. Don't know why you default to that. Again, that's one of those like human things that you do. You default back to. Well, we'll show everyone else something. The most important thing is we show ourselves that we can come through games like that and still win and still. Do you know what I mean shut the opposition team out? Yes, there's a there's an amount of as I've seen Twitter call it Luton tax to this that we are playing against Luton, so we do need to be mindful of that. But Look, what, what, what way is the narrative going to go? On one half, it's Kenilworth Road's a tough place to go. They're this plucky, attacking team, blah, blah, blah. It's all a fairy tale. Then on the flip side, when we do beat them, it's only Luton. I mean, what, what way are we taking it? Um, so, yeah, silly from Pesuma, annoying. I mean, it, it, was, it was really annoying. Um, but, look, we've come through it. Hopefully he learns from it. I do think he, you know, has a bit of a head on his shoulders. People seem to talk about him like he is one of the leaders there in the dressing room and everything. So let's just draw a line under it um, and get on with it. Um, Dejan Kulisevsky, I think he was, I think he was fantastic today. I really do think he was fantastic. I think he was a constant threat for them, but. The, the the main part for me where I do feel that he was fantastic, we're talking about the, the end of the game when he's basically playing as our sole attacking player and it didn't stop him from driving into the opposition half, didn't stop him from keeping the ball, keeping possession in their half, waiting for anybody to come forward or at least just keeping the ball away from our half, keeping the ball away from danger. He did it perfectly. He just held it up so superbly, so often, time and time again, just tireless. I totally believe the stats that, I mean, I don't know if it's still the case, but a couple of weeks ago, saying that he was the player that worked the hardest in the Premier League, he, I think he covered the most kilometres. Totally believe that. Totally believe that. He was he was brilliant today. Um, he's part of the reason why we've left there with with all three points. I, I really believe that. Um so, you know, he's, yeah, he, you know, I, was, I, I criticised him slightly last week against Liverpool, feeling that some of what he was doing was falling into the predictable category. But, you know, it's tough in a game against a team like Liverpool, right? Whereas today, he's shone and he himself is a young player and I think he continues to improve as he gets used to this system, gets used to his function within this team. Hopefully we will be seeing the very best of him 
not too uh, in the not so distant future. I am still interested to see whether or not he could play centrally. He could play in Madison's role in this system. Some people say that wouldn't work, never happen, but I'm not so sure about that. I'm not saying I'd rather have him there than Madison. Not for a second. Don't misconstrue that. I'm just saying if Madison picks up a knock or something, I would be interested to see Kulisevsky playing that role. But at the moment, we haven't got any wingers anyway. So <laughs> I don't think we uh, need to be losing another one for a central position. Let's hope nothing happens to James Madison because we need to talk about him again today. Another, I think, a very, very strong showing from him. Um... It didn't help him. I think that he was. I think he was one of the players most affected by Basuma being being off the pitch, being sent off. I think they have a, a decent kind of synergy between them. Um, I think they they you know play together very well. Madison was having to. I noticed he was sort of getting back, having to do a bit more defending um, when we had ten men in the second half. So we didn't really get to see the best of him. But in that first half, he was just putting chances on plate for everybody. I mean, namely for Richarlison who squandered them. But he's a you know, he's he's a he's a he's a he's a lovely player. He had that one he, he had that one chance where it, the ball sort of came to him in the box. He opened up his body nicely and he skied it and he was he was annoyed with himself. He was really frustrated with himself, you could see it. And I was frustrated with him as well. Um just because you'd expect to see a player of Madison's quality put that away you know, nine times out of ten. Um, it's been a few weeks since he scored a goal, hasn't it, I think? But, you know, another assist a day for him, which is, you know, the 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 big part, really, isn't it? I mean, that's his main function in the team, and he's done that well, and he's just, you know, he's just a lovely player, isn't he? And he, he, knows, he knows he's a Tottenham player. I feel like he's a Tottenham player. Everybody feels like he's a Tottenham player. Like he said... You know, I could just see myself in that shirt in that stadium and totally get it. I mean, I hope he didn't mean this shirt because I still think it's a war crime, honestly. This uh, this putty, pate, whatever you want to call it, coloured kit, horrible. Um, but Madison, fantastic today. What an addition to the team. 40 mil, again, a steal, a steal. Richarlison, <sighs> look. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to be. I don't want to. You know. I don't want to be unduly harsh to the lad, but I am sort of getting to the point where I feel like, you know, as soon as Johnson's fit again, I don't think Richardson deserves a place in the team right now. Um, I mean, we've heard he's you know he's struggling off the pitch and everything, so we do need to be mindful of that mindful of that in our criticism. Um, but if I keep this to what I'm seeing on the pitch with him, it's just not good enough. It's, it's as simple as that. We all want Richarlison to, to do better, not only because it was good for Spurs, but because many of us really feel that he's a really good guy. He's got good energy. We hear of the, you know, the, the amazing things that he does for people in Brazil and everything. He's a good guy. But, when we're talking about Spurs getting three points, when we're talking about Spurs, you know, winning this game in a much more comfortable fashion, the gaze has to turn to Richarlison in this game and in previous games and just realise that he's just not doing it, right? And whether this is a... I'm, I'm, the, my, my, see, the thing on this is I'm, I'm just... I'm torn on whether or not Richarlison is in a bad run of form or stepping up to this level, really. He's just not quite good enough. And I, I don't know. People will throw back at you, Brazil's number nine. But, I mean, let's even be real on that one. I'm sorry to any Brazilian listeners, but Brazil aren't exactly amazing nowadays, Right. It's not like they're winning World Cups, winning Copper Americas. You know, they... You could say, and this might be some of my Argentinian heritage shown, but you could say that they themselves are a second-tier international team now as well. And 
with, with Tottenham's aspirations being that we need players who are clinical if we want to be competing at the top end of the, to finish in the top four even in the top five of the Premier League now right top four of the top five of the Premier League you need to be elite you have to be elite and Richarlison's good he's shown he's very good at a team like Everton he's driven them across the line I'm starting to question now whether or not he's elite whether he's at that level because Sonny finishes those two chances he get he he that dropped him today. And like I say, it's it's only right and it's only fair that we have an understanding of personal circumstances. We have an understanding of the fact that players, you know, sometimes just go through a bad patch, right? Regardless of anything else that's going on in their lives. And Conte is, the Conte era is kind of a bit of a, a curveball. It does kind of stop this being as definitive a point as, as you know, as I, as I want it to be. But it does feel that it's been over a year now, it's a year and a half of us saying, let's just have faith in Richarlison. He can come good. He can come good. He's got a lot of ability. He can come good. Because we've done this before, man. I'm just, I think, you know, I think I just have this fatigue over the past few years. Lo Celso, who may, who may come back and be good. He's still not left the conversation, has he? But Lo Celso and Dombele, um, you know, examples that leave my mind now. Soldado before that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we've had like players down the years that we're always like, they'll come good. Let's just give them a chance. Maybe I've just got a level of fatigue with that. But, I would say for the first time, really, and I mean like really firmly, because I've always been somebody that has rooted for him. Listen to these pods like last year, I've really rooted for Richarlison. I've seen a lot to like about him. I am just now starting to question whether or not he's actually elite and whether or not he's good enough. Um, cheeky little bid in Jan for Victor Osimhen, you know? Go on, you Spurs. Humming Son, um, not his best day today, actually. Not Sonny's best day. Um, I think in part we didn't create him many uh, many premium opportunities. And I think Luton were... I mean, no, Luton weren't that dogged in defence. I think they could have been got at. I think defensively Luton were actually quite poor. Um, I saw Phil... Phil, mate of the show, was saying that half time he said, I, I, I don't know how much or not this is having an, an impact, but we are playing into the sun in that first half. Um, as in, like the sun in the sky, not into the Hummin sun. And that could have had an impact. Don't know. Who knows? Um, and again, that I guess that extends to Richarlison as well, in the interest of fairness. But Sonny, yeah, not his best game today. And then in that second half, like we were saying, chances really were at a premium and he just wasn't really getting any. It's a shame because the second... But the, the thing about Sonny is the second he goes off, the other team do start to play so much more expansively. Luton took off one of their defenders and brought on another, I think, another midfielder or another attacking midfielder as soon, pretty much as soon as Sonny went off. And that's just... You know, that's the aura he has. He's He... When we're talking about elite players, he is a truly elite player. And I mean, anybody, I mean, any Spurs fan knows that I'm not telling you anything new there. Um, but not not his best game today. Um, I do skip and Hoybier together. I thought they were both pretty decent. I thought they both did a solid job. Hoybier in particular, for as much as I dig him out, I think he did a, I think he stepped into a, you know, into a tough position and did an all right job. I think there were a couple of misplaced passes from him, but for the most part, I think he marshaled the midfield pretty well. He allowed, I mean, his basically his endeavour allowed Saar to continue to play football a bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Hoybier I thought was, was good today, decent. Um, and Skippy as well, I think when he came on, was just resolute, added a bit of needed energy into into the team at the end there, just keeping drive. It's, it felt like Skip's remit was much like it was with Kulisewski, continue to drive the ball into the Luton half and just retain possession. <coughs> Beg your pardon. Emerson Royale, 
decent enough when he came on, I thought. Um, fine. Ben Davis didn't, you know, there wasn't really enough time to, to see whether or not Ben Davis had much going on. Um, Vellis, yeah, he was bright. It was a bright spark. Um, he's, he's a kid though, isn't he? You know, I think we're throwing him in early because of injuries and what have you. I don't think we'd be seeing him this soon. Um, worry not for that. So, you know, don't need to make any rash judgments about him yet. But, you know, he was he was he was sort of running channels quite nicely, I thought. Um getting into space, always looking I mean one thing I will say about him is he was always looking to get on the ball. He wasn't shying away from it at all. He looks eager, he looks keen to get the ball and seems like he's desperate to get a goal for Spurs. And you know, that's what that's what you gotta be happy for your for your strikers to be doing, don't you? Um but yeah, I mean that is that is about it. That is about it for today. Spurs going into the international break with another three points, still unbeaten. What a start to the season. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you do enjoy the pod, please do share, like, subscribe. I stream these live on Twitter. At, at, uh, on Twitter. Fucking hell, I'm turning to my dad, aren't I? I stream these on eBay. Um, stream these live on YouTube after the game. So if you can't wait the hour for me to record this, it'll be on there. Um, also got a, the Patreon pod is fully up and running now. Patreon.com slash RTR pod um, where you know, there's preview pods, got a Thursday bulletin 20 minute pod, got a monthly pod with Jack Gallagher, football writer, writer, all about Derry City fan. He's a good lad, funny bloke. We have a good chat. So we'll be doing that next week. Um, we do it month by month going over. Spurs, so that, that's what you've got to look forward to next week. Um, and also, just so you know, for this month, the pod is sponsored by Infinite Session. Uh, it's alcohol-free beer. If you do like kind of your craft beers, you either you're not drinking for whatever reason, for health benefits, or if you're just you know, wanting to keep sharp, try Infinite Session, um, infinitesession.com, and you can get 20% off this month with the offer code RTR20 at the checkout. Um, so check them out. It's a it's a beer. It's an alcohol-free option that I was actually drinking before I ever spoke to Chris, who I had on the pod this week. Um, so I do personally vouch for it. I'm a big fan of it. Love it. So get involved. Anyway, come on, you Spurs at the Spurs. We planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.